my motto for investing in property or, or buying any property is I need to be able to add value to it. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Well, hello, renovators. It's Bernadette. And today I'm talking with one of our students, Jay Harris. Jay and his wife, Catherine, came into our boot camp a couple of years ago now. Jay is a what you would call a serial entrepreneur. He has a a business mind and he applies it to many areas of his life. And I think that it's interesting to see that renovating is really just another business. And even though, you know, in this episode, we're talking about renovating his family home, that's part of the process because it gives the leverage to be able to go and do other projects. It gives you access to equity in the form of cash to be able to go and do other projects. So, I think that's one of the things that comes out of this episode. The other one is the fact that he is already a very accomplished carpenter, shop fitter, and yet he saw the value in coming and doing some training on renovating for profit. So I have shared a few times around how often people who work in the industry, builders, trades, and so on, think that they know it all. However, renovating for profit There is a different mindset and there are things that you need to understand. And unfortunately, that's often not apparent in their field of vision. And it takes someone quite intuitive to and I guess humble to realise that there's more to learn in order to move forward powerfully. I think also the third thing that you will take away from this is the value of renovating as a couple. Now, Jay and his wife, Catherine, are very avid renovators. It's something that brings richness to their life. So if you are lucky to have a partner that is as interested in it as you are, that is an incredible gift that if you're not taking advantage of, you would do well in to be able to capitalise on that. So, of course, I don't miss an opportunity to get on my little soapbox about the whole thing about your family home not being an asset. And there is loads more in this episode. Now, before we get into the episode, I would like to remind you that we have only got three weeks, three and a half weeks till our one-day conference, She Renovates Live. So if you are able to attend, please jump into our website and grab yourself a ticket. It is going to be a really lovely day in the beautiful grounds of Alexandria with a lot of really amazing speakers. What I'm going to be speaking on, I've actually invited a representative from the property circles to come in because what I'm going to be talking about is how we're going to be progressing with joint ventures in the future. Well, that's one of the things I'll be talking about because our collaboration with 
Property Circles has been, I guess, life-changing in terms of joint ventures. And I'm really excited about what we have got to offer. So, and remember that joint ventures aren't just for people who don't have a lot of money. It could be someone that wants to really diversify their portfolio, really down to a really granular level. Or you might be just wanting to have a group of really savvy women to share the experience with. We would love to see you. So grab your ticket and we'll see you there on the 1st of November. So welcome, Jay. Hi, thanks for having me. You're very welcome. The reason that Jay has come on to the podcast, there's a couple of reasons, but the first one is that... Now, we all know, I think it was Robert Kiyosaki who said that your family home is not an asset. It is a liability because it doesn't (laughs) put money in your pocket. And this is in the US where they get their, is their interest tax deductible on their family home? So we're here, it's investment properties. I'm pretty sure there, your interest is tax deductible. But anyhow, Mm. by the by, and I always jump on an opportunity to prove him wrong. Beautiful, beautiful. I really don't agree with that. And I'm pretty sure you and I are on the same wavelength. We had that conversation. Sure are. Not so We're on the same page. We're not on the Robert Kiyosaki page for this particular uh, Red Hot tip. <laughs> exactly. And the other reason Jay is here is because Jay is very established in the building industry. He has a business that does shop fitting. Yeah, we do. We used to do shop fitting, retail shops and restaurants and office fit outs. We have pretty much changed our um, target market. We just do office fit outs and renovations now. That's awesome. our target market. So we just like, I just love creating cool workspaces for, uh, for people because, you know, up until COVID, people had to go to work 40 hours, 50 hours a week. So creating a cool place to go to work for clients um, was something that resonated with me. Um, yeah, so we just do office fit-outs at the, uh, at the Space Invaders fit-out company. Beautiful. And you're also the king of cool business names, I just have to say. <laughs> you also had a maintenance company called The Maintenance Boys, which I thought was really good. And now you've got Space Invaders. Any others that I should know about? Um, I, had a, I had a really good business lesson a few years ago. I bought a cleaning business. Uh, I called it your cleaning crew. Um, I didn't realise how much administration and time and how how taxing that business would be with such low profit. So I, that was a business lesson um, that I got out of pretty quickly after I got into it. The maintenance boys, your cleaning crew and, and the space invaders. Beautiful. So the second point that I think is worth talking about is the fact that while you are... are, you, are do you have a trade? Carpentry license, yeah. yeah. So while you I've, have trade, I've done certificate four. I've done certificate four, which is the building construction certificate. I spent two years at TAFE doing that as well. And probably about three quarters into doing that, I kind of realised I didn't necessarily want to be a residential builder and work for clients. I just wanted to do my own renovations and do my own stuff. Um, business-wise, I was working for a fit-out company at the time while I was studying and I really liked the hours and I liked the flexibility. And, you know, I'd, I'd drive up, up and all around New South Wales in my unit with my surfboard in the back of the car and kind of make my own times and days when, the, you know, and making sure I fit it in with the client's needs. But 
I thought, hang on a sec, I think I'm onto something here. This is a really good lifestyle business. <laughs> Fits in with my surfing and actually making some money and this doing is, something I love. <laughs> there's one rule about this podcast. You're not allowed to talk about surfing. You okay, no worries. It makes me James- over. One of my mentors, you know James Shramko? Yeah. He talks and I'll yeah. keep saying, sorry, you're going to put me to sleep if you keep that up. Yeah. <laughs> you're just attracting so many men that are entrepreneurs that love surfing into your life. <laughs> <laughs> my husband's a surfer from way back. Oh, Although he had cool. to give up when he broke a rib in about a decade ago. So, yeah. But anyhow, yes, I understand the culture. But that's where it's at. <laughs> Um, a bit of an addiction. <laughs> apparently, there yeah. you go. Got some surfing pictures behind me, actually. Uh, we won't so talk about that. Not. <laughs> Don't style your house with surfing pictures. <laughs> oh, we've got, actually. Shame I can't show you. We've actually got surfboards on the wall, so oh, we've gone cool. an extra mile there. Love it. I've got a surfboard on my wall as well. <laughs> yeah, well. I put them somewhere where I wouldn't have to look at them. So okay, cool. All's well. <laughs> Anyhow, get back to the point. Even though that you have a lot of expertise, you still saw the value in training to be a renovator for profit. And you use that in a renovation on your own home. And that's what I want to go into today because I think a lot of people underestimate the value of a renovation on your own home because certainly for me and I think for you too, we use that equity that we've created to fund our entrepreneurial journey, our investing projects moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Fund, fund, you know, fund everything in life, really, you know, honestly, like it's not just our entrepreneurial journey and our business that it's helping, it's helping our life, you know, our families, you know, helping us become, you know, not necessarily financially independent, but um, financially, you know, wealthy and a lot more, a lot wealthier than, than uh, I'm definitely a lot wealthier than I yeah. was before, before I bought a property and yeah. started renovating. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And you don't necessarily have to sell that home to actually realise that wealth either. You can piggyback and build a yep. portfolio on the back of it. Totally. Not, not on the back of the home, but on the equity that you create. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my motto for in- investing in property or, or buying any property is, I need to be able to add value to it. That's just, you know, hundred percent. So I'll, you'll never see me buy a completely renovated house unless I know I'm getting an absolute bargain. Unless I know it's undervalued for whatever reason, it's a mortgagee in possession or someone's desperate to sell it and I just happen to be in the right place at the right time. Otherwise, I'm looking for the worst house in the best street. Absolutely. <laughs> looking- Looking for the dump that the hoarder lives in. <laughs> I know. Sometimes I feel really, I think it's guilty because when we sell our properties, we always get top dollar for them. We always get the best price there is to get. And like usually if we do a reno in a building, that just moves the price of all the properties in the building up a level. And I always feel a bit sad for the person that buys it. I think, oh, God, I would love to tell you, mm that you are absolutely doing the wrong thing. Well, it's not necessarily that they're doing the wrong thing. It's just, it's a, it's a lot of effort. It's a lot of knowledge and experience that they need to even just go through the process. And it's, and it is, it's hard work and it's stressful. 
for you and I, we know how to do it. We've done it. I We've had it. some hard times. We've had some really hard times getting our renovations done and dealing with approvals and council and trading. But, you know, there's a, there's a bigger picture to all of it. So it's worth the hard work, you know. Absolutely. And I think that's it. It's like I look at some things, like I would look at a school teacher and think, I don't know how you do that. No amount of money would pay me to homeschool my children. Because it's just not my thing. So I guess yeah. it's the same thing. They, yeah. they no, I'm, yeah, you're right. So, okay, I can allay my conscience. Because the <laughs> last, or one of the last projects we sold was the David's apartment in um, Bondi. And mm. so a really lovely lady in her 70s had sold the family yeah. home and bought that for herself. And then she was going to buy another property elsewhere as an investment. Um, the agent told me the other day she had come to him and said she really loves it, but she's thinking she might sell it because she just doesn't spend enough time there. Right. And I thought my heart was in my mouth because I thought, you know, one, you have paid a premium because it was yeah. brand new. And two, yeah. the market has changed since then. Anyhow. And I know you're uh, about that, but anyhow, there you go. So yeah. tell me about your property. More of a long-term thing with Bondi. Bondi is always going to go up, right? It's just yeah. you've, got to be, you've got to hang in there. You've got to yeah. stay in there for more than six months or more than 12 months. <laughs> um, yeah, where do you want me to start from? Well, do you want to tell us about the property, um, uh, where it is, what it is, and then about the plan? What was your plan to add value? I've done four renovations in total for, for ourselves with um, my wife, Catherine. One of the reasons why we connected, Catherine and I connected with you, was because we, we saw so much um, potential in, in renovating houses and adding value to houses. And so we, it's just something that we, we can't stop thinking about. It's like we're always looking, walking down the road, going to a restaurant down the local shops, and we're, oh, there's a real estate agent. We've got to stop outside the front of the real estate agent and see what the property market's doing and see if there's any, any deals. So that's just something that Catherine and I love and are inspired by and, yeah, love renovating and, you know, creating and transforming crappy houses and making them beautiful homes. The, I think when we came and did the School of Renovating, I think we were just in between a three-bedroom semi and a four-bedroom semi in Bondi. The three-bedroom semi that we did just needed, it was pretty much just a makeover. So we, we bought, bought it at auction. Uh, really undervalued. We knew it was undervalued because the bank valued it more than what we paid for it at auction. <laughs> Love that. Um, <laughs> they don't very often do that. Often they just take the auction result. Or did they do the valuation before you bought it? They did the valuation before we bought it, yeah. So we knew how much we could borrow and we knew what it was worth. And I spoke to five or six agents as well, different agents in the area, and they all gave us what they thought it was worth. And so we bought it well under that, which was great. So we basically did a, a really cute little picket fence at the front, painted that, cost us about, I don't know, $1,500. We put a little garden and some grass out the front. We pulled up some pavers in the backyard and, and grass that, put some turf down. We painted the whole house or the whole semi or the half of a house. It's kind of, you know, a semi is a half a house. We uh, fixed up all the skirtings and the cornices internally. Uh, we repainted everything. We put some new lighting in. Um, with dimmers for mood lighting, love that. There wasn't a huge amount more than, than we did apart from that for that particular house, um, which was good. And we, we were only there for two years. So we were fortunate 
because that was in Bondi as well. And that, that jumped up in price after we added some value to it. So we were then able to sort of bunny hop into the next place around the, around the corner, which was a four bedroom, two story semi. That was a much bigger renovation because it was literally a, a you know, poor old man had lived there and he, he passed away. So we bought that adoption as well. A lot, you know, same thing, <laughs> really undervalued because it was such a, yeah. You didn't say shitbox on this podcast. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's okay. Broken window, broken glass out the back, and you know there was water leaks in the ceiling and all kinds of stuff. So we went to council and got a DA to put a, a driveway in the front. Oh, I remember that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was that was hell. Um, <laughs> you know, that's just part of renovating, right? Sometimes you've got to go through a bit of some challenges to to, you know, get the outcome you want and to add that value because, you know, a, a car park, a car parking space for someone to park their Range Rover in Bonsai is probably worth, you know, quite a fair bit of money. So exactly. yeah. <laughs> that was, that was worthwhile. But um, so we did driveway, garden out the front. We re, we re, had to repoint all the, uh, all the mortar in between the bricks because it was so old. Um, it was like an old bungalow style semi. And so we repointed everything and then we painted everything. Painted inside, outside, and uh, we did redid a lot of the ceilings. That was the old um, hall pair. Had to pull all the ceilings out. We actually found in a few of the rooms we got another foot or so uh, in ceiling height because they'd come in at some stage and put, built another ceiling underneath the existing ceiling. So we was actually pulling out two ceilings. <laughs> oh, it was a messy job that one. Uh, I've got some photos. The, the guys that helped me with that just looked like they were going from going through a wall zone. Dirt and dust. It was it was gross, but yeah, everything. We we re-sanded the floors, skirtings, cornices, a few new doors, new redid the bathroom, uh, redid the kitchen. We fixed the deck out the back. We put like clear polycarbonates over yeah. the over the uh, the back deck to get some light through. We Catherine did an amazing job with the garden and re-turfing everything. Yeah, so it was like we basically touched every centimeter of the property. No structural changes? No. Right. No. So it was, it was good in the sense that it was kind of a makeover. You know, it wasn't a real structure. It already had the two levels. And so that was very fortunate. It had enough space, that, you know, in terms of having four bedrooms um, and then adding the, adding the car space and having a backyard. And we put a little cute little fence, you know, down the side of the house and put an outdoor shower and a few little things like that to give it that nice beach vibe. And, thing, so, yeah. 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 And have you had it revalued since you did it? Yeah, we got the bank to revalue it. Yeah, it went up. Um, so we, we bought it for 1.75. We probably spent about 300 on it and the bank revalued it at 2.8. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so it might have gone down since COVID, but... <laughs> Even so, how far can it go? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. So it's unreal. We're stoked. So loving it. Yeah. So if someone was, like, if you did that on a project, you would think you were seriously struck gold. But, like, what I notice is, like, I talk to people every day in our community that add enormous amounts onto their family home and it, it you know, part, it runs under the mat. Nobody ever, you know, like, I think that's amazing. And the great mm. thing about it is not that you've done it to sell it, but if you ever yep. did need to, then mm. you and pay tax on that increased equity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And look, we are, you know, we are seasoned sort of renovators and it's, it's that fourth, fourth project that we've done. 
but you know, each each you just got to start. You know, you just got to get started. And you you know, your first one you might make fifty grand or a hundred grand. The second one you might make one hundred and fifty, two hundred grand. The second, third one you might make three or four hundred grand. Exactly. Um, you know, and so on and so forth. You just it's one of those things with with Australian property. You got to be in it to win it. Exactly. Um, and you've and, got to uh, find good areas. That's the other thing. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and use and use the knowledge, and you you know reach out to people like us, you know, you and yeah. I who have done, been there and done it. Yeah. You can help people because there's nothing, there's nothing that I'm sure you, you, I, you know, I think nothing I hate more than hearing about, you know, those disaster stories where some people, people have gone and bought property too high or, you know, there's no yeah. way for them to add value to it because they've yeah. literally bought at the peak of the market and they've bought something that's completely renovated and you, there's nothing to renovate, nothing no. to add value to. no. No, but it's funny, like I'm saying about good areas, we have a student who just did a project in um, Shortland in Newcastle and mm -hmm. so bought for 285, so did a quick and dirty makeover and sold it for 430. So she cleared 60,000, like in a couple Amazing. of months. You Amazing. Know? Unreal. I know. Love and it. Love it such a great skill to have it sure is it sure sure is and look and and then look at the opportunities you get from that you know so within a 12 month period she makes 60 grand and yeah. she's got some more equity to go and yeah step yeah. up to the next one well in actual fact she that's she doesn't have a job anymore and so and that's more than she was being paid when she did have a job so it's mm -hmm. and it yeah. really surprises me some of the most unlikely people are really good at this. Mm. <laughs> uh, so to look at her, you would think, nah. But yeah, yeah little pocket rocket, which is oh, that's so cool. Yeah, but isn't it isn't it amazing how many of um, you know how property and renovating properties can help in so many different areas of your life. You lose your job, thank God I did the renovation. Yeah, so I can live. You know exactly. <laughs> got got that yeah, job seeker. Don't have to go for job seeker or whatnot. Or you know, you can probably go for both. <laughs> probably. Having yeah. that backup, having that nest egg, having that that confidence that you've got the money behind you. Yeah, helps you sleep at night. <laughs> Amazing. And so what's next for you? Yeah, so we're living up in Avoca on the central coast now. Um, beautiful little coastal town that I've been coming to for holidays for the last thirty years and we just spit the bullet and said, let's move up. Uh, moved up here just before COVID, so that was kind of perfect timing. Thank you. Thank you, universe. <laughs> Looking after us. So, yeah, we've just got our eye out for, you know, possibly doing something up here. We've kind of got our eye on a particular area on the Central Coast that we like, a couple of areas that we like on the Central Coast. And so we're just going to play the waiting game yeah. at the moment and just um, wait for the right time and, yeah, take, the, take a, a good opportunity when it, when it arises. Yeah. You do have to be patient in this game as well. <laughs> you really, know. really do. Yeah, yeah. You've got to learn patience. Oh. That's, a, that's a hard one for me. I like to get stuff done now. I want to do it now. <laughs> Absolutely. And tell me, when, when you're doing your projects, do you do the carpentry elements yourself? I do a little bit of it, but not much. Um, only because I've seen the, for me to come out of my business and jump on a project, you know, jump on renovating my own thing for six weeks or eight weeks or three months. Yeah, I just don't see the, don't see the value in that and kind of not supporting clients and serving clients. Um, now that I've got, you know, the, the office renovation business as well as a, um, a coaching and mentoring business that I've, I've got, got going as well. So 
that keeps me really busy. Um, but I obviously project manage it all and Catherine yeah. looks after all, my wife looks after all the design yeah. and all those kind of elements. But I've got a good group of uh, tradies that I've been using for the business that have also helped me renovate the house as well. So I've got a good awesome. network there. Yeah. So and it, it's really that. interesting that you don't have to have a builder's license to do commercial work, but you do need it for residential. Yeah, not yet. You probably will. We probably will have to get a license in the next year or two. Um, but up until now, it hasn't been required. So yeah. it's been, uh, yeah, grateful for that. And yeah. I, I think it's good, like I'm glad that you've taken that approach because so many people, particularly trades, cannot see the wood for the trees and they get stuck in, in doing the reno and mm. neglect their business and just never turns out well so yeah you've got to have that income going on the side so you keep up your serviceability totally yeah totally. The, biz the business pays the mortgage <laughs> and that, that gives us the opportunities to do the renovations yeah, yeah. exactly so you've got to keep the bank happy keep them paid each month even if you're just on interest only just make sure you keep paying yeah so totally. what would your tips be to someone considering doing a renovation on their own home? What would be the three biggest things you would say to them? Oh, God. Um, no, you've got to really research and know the market. You know, know, know what properties are worth. You know, know what a three-bedroom house is worth or a three-bedroom apartment. Know what a four-bedroom house with a car space is worth. Know, know what a five-bedroom house with a pool and a, and a garage is. You know, just do your research. Make sure you know the value of all the properties, you know, spend as long as you need to on domain and realestate.com.au. Um, also talk to, a, talk to a few agents in the area of the place that you want to buy, you know, talk to three or four agents um, and, and do that, do that research. You know, um, you might, you might be able to get onto one of the real estate agents lists and, and buy a property off market. You know, you never know. So they might find someone that's desperate and you, if you know the market and you're ready to go and you've got your loan pre-approved, um, obviously, yeah, I used to be a mortgage broker in a previous lifetime, so I knew how to get more mortgages and money. That's before I, I got into carpentry and building. So, yeah, did that uh, in the 2000s, and actually, going through the global financial crisis was when I thought, thought, oh, pain in the ass getting mortgages for people at the moment. It's really hard work, and it's not aligned, you know, with my values and what I want to do. And I wanted to get get out there and get on the tools and get my hands dirty. So. Yeah, that was, the, I guess, the last crisis we had in the, in the world, maybe. And just research, you know, research. Go and jump on to the She Renovates podcast and, and listen <laughs> and get some free information, you know, and go to, go to the School of Renovating, um, you know, connect with Bernadette, connect with me if you want, you know. Happy to have a chat to you. It's something I love talking about. And, um, yeah, just do as much research about the area you want to buy and, and just make sure you're buying something that's undervalued and something that you can add value to. Absolutely. And it's interesting, like I have a lot of people say to me sometimes, there's no such thing as an off-market deal. And mm. just the other day, I was talking to a student in Melbourne and her daughter, she and her daughter, are, they've been on the podcast. They're a really good team. And mm. they were look, uh, the daughter, her daughter and her partner were looking for a property in Woodend which is um, a really nice suburb out just outside of Melbourne and couldn't really find anything that, you know, everything was in the 800s, the renovators, and they weren't wanting to spend quite that much. 
Right. Uh, they developed relationships with the local agents and one of them called them out on a couple of properties, but they weren't really right. And then the other day they picked up an absolute beauty, one that looks like it's straight out of a storybook, you know, mm. a really gorgeous no. house, awesome. um, but overgrown and undervalued as a result of that. And they got that for just over 600000 Unreal. And that's the <laughs> market. So Perfect. I absolutely think that those relationships with your agents are what will hold you in good stead. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And it also helps if, you know, if, if you're, one of your property strategies is to flip your house, having, having, having that relationship with an agent that you know is going to look after you and is going to go to work and really work their database to help you sell your property after you've done your renovation as well. Yeah, you know, I know a couple of our properties that we've, when we've gone to sell, we, we did put it on the market to go to auction, but we had a price in, in mind that we wanted. And, you know, we actually ended up using the agents that managed to get us the offer that we wanted before it went to auction. So we sold it before auction. So having that relationship with an agent who is going to go into bat for you and, and help you try and buy a place before auction so it doesn't go out to the 20, 30, 40 people, yeah. um, that also is, is yeah, really... Yeah. I also think the other thing with the agents that you work with, that you have to trust one another. Mm. You know, you've got to get someone that you can trust that, you know, because otherwise you, you're often second guessing and like, I know that if I say to my agent uh, is, you know, like, is this the best price you think I can get that if he says yes, then it's the truth. Like he's not going to, yeah. um, he, takes his responsibility to his vendor very seriously. I also mm. know not to expect to be able to, you know, um, get away with um, insider information when he's a selling agent because he's mm. got a responsibility to the vendor and that's really who you want to work with someone that you can trust and has integrity. Yeah. Totally. So until you get another project, it's all about shop fitting. It is, yeah. Office renovations and uh, coaching and mentoring. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, that's yeah. excellent. Um, uh, yeah, I reckon. So um, we will include your details in the show notes. So if anyone yes, wants please. to, and can I suggest you give us some before and afters so we can share your expertise with the yeah, um, sure. with the listeners? And, no worries. Um, yeah, thanks for coming on helping me bring the message home that your family home is an asset. And Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. No worries. Take care. Cool. Thanks, Benedette. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.